Hello, it's Louise, and you're listening to the Knit British podcast. Knit British supports wool that's been grown, spun, or dyed in the UK. Episode 17 and Seasons Greetings. Ho, ho, hello. (laughs) Happy almost Christmas to you all. Welcome in, welcome back, and a special hello and hiya to those listening today for the first time. Thank you for joining us. It's lovely to have you all around. There are mince pies and Christmas cookies placed all around, so do help yourself and make yourself comfortable. Today on the podcast, I have a book review of Traditional Dutch Gansies by Stella Rue, Cast On, Cast Off, Small Gestures and more. So grab a glass of your favourite festive beverage. Mine is hot chocolate. And let's go. Once again, it's lovely to have you back. I was sort of in two minds about podcasting today. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that it's been a tough old week. Um, my most fantastic great aunt is in the hospital and without going into the ins and outs of it she's basically just being made comfortable Um, I know I'm not alone in getting that call where you're told you need to go and essentially say goodbye and what follows of course is is a limbo where you you know the hope that they make a medical recovery but you're also hoping that the peace will come soon So it's an odd, odd thing to talk about and I'm not going to dwell about it on the podcast Um, but what I will say is I'm glad that we were able to have a good talk before she was, um, you know, before the comfy making and it was lovely to just tell her why, exactly why I think she's the best and um, too many times we're not afforded that luxury so um, thanks for all your kind tweets and you may have noticed that I've sort of fallen behind with the festive advent posts, but I, I'm still doing something on Twitter um, and Instagram, but on a smaller scale. Um, so anyway, yes, um, if Christmas is truly about peace and goodwill um, to all, then I raise my cup to Auntie Sheila and wish for the best possible outcome, whatever that is. Cheers. Cast on, cast off. Well, Wedbeck II is done. Uh, I'd knit this in Viola from John Urban, which is the DK. And it was a sort of a second alternative because you might remember that I was telling you that I had knit Antarctis for my mum to gift on to someone else as a special gift. And I thought I would make two shawls and then she'd have the choice. Of course, what happened was I wanted both. for myself and didn't want to give either away but Wedbeck I I cast it on and it's knit up really really quickly it's taken about 200 grams of the Viola DK from John Arbin and it's about 69 centimeters deep and 145 centimeters widthways it is incredibly squishy incredibly warm and I just love it. I really, really love it. I think I possibly love it more than Wedbeck the First, which is still in progress in that lovely rust colour from Jameson Smith. So, possibly thinking that I might repurpose that yarn and make, if I was so inclined to 
take on a massive colour work garment, I might repurpose the Jimison and Smith for Gudrun Johnson brought out the Shetland Trader book two this autumn and in there there are some delightful garments none so delightful as Northdale sweater which has a lovely pity geometric uh, colour work design and so I'm thinking that I could knit that using the rust colour as one of the colours um, but I'm, I'm rubbish at harmonising the colours so I might need to go into Jimison and Smith and get Sandra and Ella to help me pick um, coordinating colours but yes so Wedbeck the first might be frogged and Wedbeck the second might be the reigning Wedbeck I think it probably is since I got it home today I haven't taken it off and it's been wrapped around my neck fastened with a beautiful Tweedy badge from Knit Sonic and yeah it's it's really really warm it's full of squidge I've told you that before about the the viola yarn that it's really 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 full of air and it's it holds warmth beautifully so I'm so chuffed with that and although I would have parted with it um happily um for my mum to give us a special present I would have knitted I do have more viola in that that viola is in the North Sea colour um that I knit Wedbeck the second in I do have some of the Aquarius colourway enormously chuffed to have that around my shoulders it's nice to have a heavier weight shawl actually I do have um, a, uh, the Age of Brass and Steam which is sort of a mini sort of like a kerchief size triangular shawl but it's lovely to have one that you can just drape around your shoulders and I find it hard to keep warm at the moment so I know that that's going to really be a mainstay of my winter wardrobe she's so clever that Karina Westerman <laughs> And actually, Carrie is going to be on the show in the new year on Knit British. Carrie Bookish, KB, is coming to Knit British, KB. Uh, <laughs> and talking about new, exciting things. So do look out for that coming very soon into the new year. I'm really excited because I've known Carrie for a wee while and I've never interviewed her for, for Knit British. And I've always wanted to. Uh, but I'm quite... It's kind of nerve-wracking when you, you're going to sort of interview... A friend so you can imagine that our Skype interview is probably going to be a lot of catching up and <laughs> and digressing over certain things so once I've done all the hundreds of hours of editing of that conversation then I'll be bringing that to you in the new year so that's something to look forward to. KB on KB. I also cast on Tin Can Knits Viewfinder Cowl and this is in a yarn that I will be reviewing in the new year so I can't say too much about it. It's a lace weight open work cowl and it's knit lengthwise so you cast on I think it's 321 or 312 stitches but that's as far as I've got. I've tentatively cast on and I'm tentatively knitting that first row trying not to twist the stitches because you know me I... <laughs> I am just the kind of person who'd have a twist in my cowl and only realise later on. But I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, this looks like a really nice, light and airy and open cowl. So I guess if there's a twist in it, it doesn't really matter. I say that now because I'm just, I'm trying to <laughs> cushion <laughs> cushion myself in case I do twist the stitches. Um, but it's a fantastic new yarn that I can't wait to tell you about. Um... And there'll be more in the new year. 
I had another, uh, I had a non-starter pattern really because I, since last year, since the Tin Can Knit Simple Collection came out, I have had one rye sock completed, my first ever sock. And I never got round to knitting the second one. Well, that's not true because I started knitting it and then I left it so long then I ripped it all back. And then Christmas came along and I hang, I hung that sock up on my mantelpiece because it was nice and red because it's knit in Shilisair, sort of trunky Aran. So it, it served a purpose. But then I'd cast it on, and then I ripped it back and cast on that second one again for whip crack away and I just never got going with it. So the first sock is now ripped back and I have two balls of Shillisdare Aran Merino, which is Merino from the Borders, and it's a lovely, um, I think it's a single-ply yarn, but it's it's ever so slightly felted, so it's a very velvety feeling yarn, and it's really delightful to knit with. So I thought I would cast on another Lapsang, because I've got so many compliments on that hat, it's unbelievable, and I really just love it, and I wanted to knit another one. So I cast on the Lapsang, but I got as far as the cast on, and that was it, so... A bit of a non-starter, but I'm planning on taking those two items away with me when I'm away for Christmas week. Excited about about um, those two projects. And I also have another yarn to review in the new year. And so I guess I should cast something on with that over Christmas too. As well as cast on, cast off, I have had cast off, but ripped it back and picked it up again. <laughs> this is my version of the after sweater by Vidas Jonas daughter. I had knit this at the end of 2012 before I started Knit British. Is that right? That doesn't seem right. But that, that should be right. I didn't knit the yoke design as was in the pattern. I sort of freestyled a little bit, which was fine. And it's and I was really pleased with it, with the outcome. But the yoke is very deep. Um, and rather too deep for me with uh, my bust and so I wore it a lot when I first knit it and then you know I haven't really worn it for several months and I thought it's such a shame to let this languish and I did think that I could have made it into a cardigan but then I was gonna offset the pattern if I did that um, I didn't want to didn't want it to stick out like a sore thumb I thought, what can I do? What can I do? And I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to rip out that yoke. And that's exactly what I did. On Sunday, I there was no uh, uh, cheery festive film for me. I sat and watched This Is England 88, which is set in, at Christmas time. And I ripped back the yoke of my after sweater down to the row after the sleeves had been joined on because it's um, bottom-up um, sweater. So... I am really just knitting it in the plain because I, as I say, it wasn't a British, it wasn't a knit British project. So I knit it in Drops Alaska, which I had bought from the wool shed in Aberdeenshire, which I think has got a different name now. And I'll I'll try and put the link in the show notes. I'm not sure if they have an online shop anymore, but you would get this from any um, Drops stockist i think uh zoe and in the queen of pearls in glasgow sells it and the yarn cake in glasgow sell it and i'm not sure if you you know where your drops supplier is drops is fantastic yarn um it's 100 percent pure new wool and it's uh iron weight and i really enjoy it knitted up really quickly and i have still have quite a lot of the yarn left so although i feel like i'm cheating by not knitting british i thought i bought, I bought it from a british yarn store so that goes for something. And I'm just knitting it plain. 
Of course, the inevitable thing is, is that, is that you know, I've worn the jumper a few times and the gauge is sort of slackened off a bit. And then when you dip it back and pick up, even if you, there's a, it's a, it's a, it's a thin line, isn't it? Because that first row is either going to be really gapy or it's going to be really tight. Um, and mine is slightly, you can see, you can see that line and so I'm wondering if I can make a feature of that or if it'll come out with a bit of aggressive blocking but yeah I think I'm just going to knit it plain I need a plain warm jumper this is what I would call an outdoor sweater um, you know you could wear layers under it I would say it's it's soft and um, it washes up really well it pills a little um, I get pilling under the arms and across the chest because I cross my arms quite a lot but it's a it's, it's worn really well despite the fact that I haven't worn it over the last several months so that's going to be nice to to have a wearable sweater again and as I say it's um I'm just doing it one color it's got um moss stitch around the hem and the cuffs and the collar and yes so if your knitting doesn't work for you, make it work. That's my motto. Don't have, you know, jumpers and, and things lying around after you've cast them off and you're not quite happy with them. Just see what you can do about it. I, I did the same with the stasis sweater that, uh, from the Brooklyn Tweed Woo People. I'm not quite sure which one it was. Um, it's a Leela Rab pattern and it was a little bit too short for me. And I was, wasn't wearing it because I was quite self-conscious. It was sort of above the belt length and I like it slightly longer than that so cut the, the bottom off picked up the stitches and knitted another few inches onto it and now I wear it um, slightly more than I did before so if your knitting doesn't work for you make it work yes it's nice to repurpose it and I really liked what I had knit um, before with the colour work yoke but at the same time it's me and it wasn't without its mistakes because you, if you know me, you know my tension is a bit woeful in colour work. So, yes, it's putting it to rights now. Book review. Uh, now, you may remember that I blogged from Shetland Bull Week about Stella Rue's lecture on her research into Dutch Gansies, and I'll put the link to that post in the show notes. And it was really interesting to learn from her lecture the journey of the Gansey tradition outside the British Isles and Stella has brought out a book called Dutch Traditional Gansies Sweaters from 40 Villages. This is a book of her research and also with patterns to create your own Gansies from traditional garments and I was really eager to get my hands on it. As soon as it came into the library I pounced on a copy. Uh, Stella Rue has compiled a beautiful big hardback book full of history of fishermen's gansies in the Netherlands. It's got archive images, which she used to recreate the gansie designs. And it's packed with fantastic archive images and contemporary images and heaps of info. Her main objective in the research was to seek out local gansies specific to different coastal areas. And during the course of her research, Stella Rue found that many of the local historians in the Netherlands didn't even consider gansies to be part of a local tradition because they were just looked at as workwear, fishermen's workwear. But as uh, photos began to emerge, Stella has managed to collect over 60 different designs from 40 different areas in, in the Netherlands. It's just so interesting. The book begins with a section on the origins of the Gansies and looks specifically at the period. The whole book looks specifically 
over sort of 1875 to 1940, because during this time, all fishermen, lifeboat crews, lifeguards, ferry crews, they all would have worn Gansies. And I'm talking as if you all know what Gansies are. I'm sure that you do know that this is a traditional fisherman's garment, which was knit in five-ply wool to a very tight gauge to make it windproof and repel water. Uh, it's a very simple T-shaped design sweater, but with different stitch designs using pearl stitches to create different stitch patterns and motifs. By using small museums and archives, Rue was sort of concentrating on the smaller ports and lesser known fishing areas and looking for evidence of designs or patterns that may have been local to those areas, though she is keen to point out that the idea of a local pattern can be a myth, as is the idea that you could identify a drowned sailor by the pattern on his Gansey. And this is because patterns could be shared by different families in the community, they could transmit much further than the initial area. A fishing boat may travel to a nearby uh, fishing village and somebody may like the pattern on the Gansey and copy it. So the idea of something that is a local garment is striving for something that might be unobtainable, although there are local characteristics, um, as we'll look at later on. So after looking at the origins of the sweater and how it was used in daily life that you know most men would have a hand-knit gansey to wear to work and have a machine-knit gansey which was kept for best really lovely little nuggets of information like that and once we have a look at, we, we learn a little bit about life in the fishing villages and life at sea that i mean that first section is really informative and really gives a an excellent background to the history and daily life of um, fisher folk. Section two concerns the knitting and it tells you everything you need to know about a Gansey from the basic shape, the yarn types used and traditional yarns used, uh, the right needles and notions and techniques and of course the different stitch patterns. Um, as I said, Ganseys are made from five-ply wool, which has been very tightly spun. And originally it was textile wool, which is quite a short wool, which needed to be spun very tightly indeed to give a strong thread. They are a basic T-shape and quite often you find that Gansies have very distinctive underarm gusset feature, although that isn't discussed in this book and I wonder if possibly that was not part of the traditional Dutch variations of the Gansey, but possibly for the ease of, of most knitters that's been excluded so that you could essentially pick yarn and your needles and, and get going. We get in the book the basic sizes of Gansies from children's ages to XXL, adult size, um, which is given in centimetres. And of course there are the different patterns and motifs that we associate with Gansies, the lightning bolts, the herringbones, the waves, the ladders, the chains, the cables. And there can be a lot of symbolism in, in those stitch patterns and how these were knitted together and coordinated with other patterns. Waves, of course, the wave pattern is inescapable when you're at the sea. There are squares or bricks pattern which are representative of the fisherman's home on land. There's the tree of life pattern which interestingly signifies the father-son lineages. 
Uh, the Eye of God is also used in many garments as a means of protection. And uh, Stella also says it was knitted by the fishermen's wives in a hope that uh, they would know that they were having an eye kept on them <laughs> to behave. Um, so there's a lot of information on, on, on those and the different stitch patterns and motifs and small images of each to give you an idea. The rest of the book concentrates on the different fishing villages and coastal areas of the Netherlands and the patterns that come from there. And it has instructions to knit Guernsey pattern, which is most characteristic of that area. Um, and in addition to that, there is information about the geography as well as the history of these um, coastal areas. It's such an interesting book. It really is. If, if you're interested in the history of knitting and um, the traditions and heritage of what we knit today and where that's come from, you're going to find this really interesting. I read one review uh, of this book where the person had returned it quickly because... They, it was full of history, for, too much, too full of history for them and that's not what a knitting book should be and I totally disagree because I love to know where these patterns have come from that we knit today. Uh, if you're looking for a book that tells you cast on X amount of stitches, knit for X amount of inches, increase, decrease, this is not the book for you. What this gives you are the means to create your own Gansey patterns and your own garments. So it's aimed at, at someone who can, who's proficient at knitting, who can measure themselves and know their own measurements to be able to knit a sweater. I mean, there are the step-by-step instructions in there on how to do this. You can also measure a favourite sweater for fit that you know that you like for fit and, you know, cast on accordingly. That As I say, the maths is in there to help you along. Same goes with the patterns which are characteristic of the different areas in the Netherlands that the Ganses came from. They are charted, but it doesn't give you a cast-on to bind off instructions for knitting the sweaters. The photography is fantastic and it's really interesting to see how the contemporary garment has been created from looking at archive images and these are all in the book and you can really appreciate the work that must have gone into do this you know i love that that there is so much work that's gone into the collecting of dutch gansies and preserving that for generations to come because as we as i said before historians weren't aware that this was something that was quite unique so top marks to Stella Rue for making it her mission to to collect these and what this book culminates in is 60 different charted patterns from 40 different areas of the Netherlands that are now available, that are now available to knit, live again and be practical garments once more. Dutch traditional Gansies retails about £19, although I believe on Amazon, if you like to shop from Amazon, it's about £16. And if you are quick and order it now, you might get it for Christmas, but not that I am enabling because I don't want to get a name for myself. (laughs) If you're looking for something that you can be inspired uh, to create a bespoke Gansey maybe by incorporating lots of the different motifs into your own bespoke Gansey or if you want to recreate those traditional Ganseys, this is the book that you want and you're going to find it really interesting and I know that anybody who was at Shetland Bull Week that took Stella's classes or attended her lecture would agree with me. So that is Dutch traditional Gansies. 
Sweaters from 40 Villages by Stella Rue, published by Forte. And if you need the ISBN number, it's 9789058778987. The Small Gestures Swap sign-up has now closed, and by the time this goes out, I will have paired you up, although at the moment, that's not true. <laughs> the idea behind the swap is that you... Add items to your queue wish list, uh, or you, or if you don't want to do that, tag items in your favourites with the word gift. When when you're paired up, you go to your partner's gift list, wish list, or favourites, and you gift them one of the, those patterns. Nice and simple to do, but really nice to get. Really nice to get. You could use tactics here, and you could <laughs> move things to your wish list that you have wanted to knit for a while, but you needed to learn a new technique, or you it was a knit that will challenge you. So you know that's quite good. It's also a good opportunity to clean up your queue because I quite often add things to my queue, and then I look at look at them again, and I go, why did I? Oh, what, did I really want to knit that? Because quite often I add things I add things to favourites if I like them and if I have any intention of knitting them I add them to my queue. Not that I like the putting them in order thing because I don't like to prioritise the queue like that. And some people don't like to add things to their queue that they know they're not going to knit so there may be some of the people taking part in this swap who want to tag gifts in their favourites instead and you just need to let your swap partner know that. I think it's it's going to be lovely. As I say, it, it could be something that you've been wanting to knit for a while, something that is going to be a knitting challenge, or just something that's pretty. Um, I can't wait, can't wait for that. And once I've paired you up, as I say, it'll be in the Knit British Ravelry group. And please send your patterns to your partner by Christmas Eve. That's the only rule. Uh, please send your your partner their gift by Christmas Eve. That's quite important because it is a Christmas swap and then I'll open a small gestures uh, pattern thread uh, where you can show us an image of the pattern that you've received give us your progress if you've already cast it on it can be it's not a cal but it can be ongoing because I would really like to see uh, how you knit your small gestures prize really looking forward to this one actually and there's been lots of nice feedback about doing a small gestures swap it's always nice to take part in swaps and go out and think about what gift to get for your swap partner, especially if there's a theme. But also it can be quite limiting because quite often you don't know the person and they might not be forthcoming with what kind of things they like. Although I, most people I've swapped with have been very good at having all that information on their profile and Ravelry. And, and money can sometimes be an object and particularly this time of year when you're you know, struggling to buy presents and get out to the shops to buy presents for your loved ones. You know, sometimes it's difficult to think of what to buy to send to someone that you don't actually know. So it's nice. It's nice to do a pattern swap. And thank you for all the nice comments about it. And, you know, I think we'll probably do this kind of thing again. Because let's not forget that in January, our dear favourite designers are going to go through, have to go through a lot of changes with the VAT mess and EU tax changes and it's really going to affect small businesses and we should make more of an effort to let our, our favourite designers know how much their patents mean to us and the fact that they're going to have to put their prices up and they're going to have to make changes so that they can keep on bringing us the same great service. 
it's it's a heck of a lot and we do really appreciate that the, that they have found themselves in such a mire of shite basically let's face it it's a mire of shite that is a program that's designed to catch out the big boys avoiding paying their their VAT and tax and it's really going to make a huge heap of difference to a lot of people's lives who have small businesses and who conduct their business from their kitchen table and there are lots of excellent blogs on this at the moment, particularly Isolde and uh, Louise Zasbangnam uh, Inspiration Knits. I'll put the links to that in the show notes. But you will have seen if you follow hashtag VatMoss or hashtag VatMess, you will have seen on Twitter and social media recently how this is affecting people and it's shocking. So I would say that it's, you know, pattern swaps are a lovely way of not o- not only making a small gesture to one another, but also a gesture to our beloved designers who um, are going to be going through a lot of changes. Um, and thankfully, there are some protocols in place now, thanks to um, Ravelry working with Love Knitting, but it's not going to be an easy road. And um, I, j- I, for one, just want to say how much I love small independent designers and small businesses. And you guys are the most rockinest and I'm really sorry that you're having to go through this. Sticking with Ravelry, I wanted to tell you, now I don't have any notes on this so this is going to be off the cuff, but I wanted to tell you that Sadie, who is White Heart on Ravelry and Twitter and you may read her blog The Raveled Sleeve, she has started a group on Ravelry called Stash Heap Challenge and I'll read you the details from the group. I'll hold my computer up and hope it doesn't make a lot of noise in the microphone. Is your stash taking over your house? Do you need to use what you have but find the idea of a yarn diet too depressing for words? Join us instead and challenge yourself to find projects to knit in 2015 that use the things you already have. All crafts welcome knitting, crochet, sewing, spinning, whatever. And I think the group only opened a week ago and there are 111 members already. So it just shows you that there are people out there with stash who want to to use it rather than keep it. And if I go into the hello section, it's a bit like Stash Hoarders Anonymous. (laughs) Um, so, for example, Sadie is the first person, obviously, White Heart is the first person in the Hello thread. And she says, hello, everyone. Welcome to the group. Please do introduce yourself here. To start with, I'm Sadie. I have 14 35 litre plastic boxes of yarn and some overspill. And I really need to knit some of it before I have to move house to fit it all in. Even though when knitted up, it's still going to need somewhere to go. And so people have followed suit now. I am rubbish with literage. But I have one under the bed size box full of British yarn and that is a coloured yarn and hand dyed yarn. And I have another one, two, I'm looking at them on the war- in the wardrobe. I have three, maybe three 20 litre boxes. One is full of natural coloured British yarn. Uh, one is full of sweater quantities. I think it's got a sweater, no. <laughs> Two are full. Two others are full of sweater quantities of yarn, from which there's Toft, Shilsdale, Brigantia, and I can't remember what else. So that's possibly tame, but still, I, I do you know that feeling when yarn, your yarn stash begins to overwhelm you, that 
sometimes you know that happens and I and I although yarn is always beautiful and lovely and I'm always drawn to buying yarn I always feel sad for the yarn that I haven't used yet so I think the stash heap challenge is going to be fantastic and already there's a lot of chatter in there and you can talk about your personal challenges you can go in there and say what can I make with this and there's also um, a thread for finished objects. So get over there and start chatting. I think that's, I think it's brilliant and well done White Heart. That's a fantastic idea. And I think that's one that a lot of people are gonna, are gonna want to join in with. So there you go. If you're already worrying about going into new new year with more stash than you had last year, that's the group for you. Podcast is about somewhere and I wanted to say a little bit about our our, our uh, pets at festive times. Me and the lovely fella are going to be away at Christmas and so the lovely fella's mum is going to be looking after Jeremy Jean the podcat and <laughs> I was asking on Twitter today do you buy your, your pets Christmas gifts or is that a step too far and quite a lot of you like to buy your pets Christmas presents and I don't know if any of you make make them but I certainly last year made Jeremy a hedgehog catnip toy that got a lot of hard aggressive loving (laughs) Um, in frenzied moments. Some cats seem to go actually mad and frenzied for catnip and others get really drugged up but Jeremy gets really frenzied and then really drugged up and stoned um, on catnip. (laughs) So this year I've bought Jeremy a catnip bomb and this is something that I bought on Etsy. If you like your gorilla gardening then you'll probably really like this company. Seed Bomb which is S-W-E-D-B-O-M and they sell these fantastic seed bombs which are in the shape of a hand grenade and what you do is you soak it in water and then you chuck it on a disused piece of ground and there are heaps of different kinds you can also buy variety packs, but I got Jeremy Jean the catnip bomb. Um, that's quite, that's the gift that keeps on giving. Um, and I know she'll be rolling about in that in the garden once it grows. So oh, that's a pretty fantastic thing. So that's Seed Bomb on Etsy, if you like that kind of thing. The price is at about £2.95, so it's uh, a fun little stocking filler. It's nice to think about our, our pets at Christmas. And if I can pin Jeremy Jean down, then I might put in something festive to put on the net on the show notes but I thought it would be quite nice to say hello and Merry Christmas to some of my listeners and followers on Twitter and Instagram to their pets so I would like to say Happy Christmas to Womble and Bowser over at the Shiny Bees household to Fizz Dog with Isla to Nitsonic's Joey Merry Christmas to oh Caithness Crafts Bookle Bukal, have you been a bad dog today? <laughs> if you follow Caithness Craft on Instagram and Twitter, you will see that wee Bukal has been a wee bism. <laughs> I think the last escapade was chewing books, so I think he's been in the naughty corner. But Merry Christmas to Bukal and a very merry snorful Christmas to Quattro too. Hello and Merry Christmas to Brock and Jigo Girl to the hamster family of Kazinets, to Ziggy and the Feline Brigade belonging to Spin and Gwenny, to the fantastic Cat Shepherd on Twitter, to Libby and Oliver, the cats of Jennifer, aka Noirem, 
to Dragon and Fionn, the cats of Walk You Home, and of course to Tonks, who is the cat of Corrie Berry, who is Plutonium Muffins. And if you listen to the Plutonium Muffins podcast, l- listen to the amazing story of how little Tonks um, appeared in Corrie's house one day. <laughs> Just a kitten appearing in a house. I think it's lovely. <laughs> so yes, our lovely pets, to to everyone I know, if you have pets, give them an extra special smooshy, squishy hug from me and a very Merry Christmas to our pets. Let's not forget about them at Christmas because they are a part of our family and deserve to be spoiled so too. So Merry Christmas to you and your pets. <laughs> And of course, I always like to say hello to the new kids in the Knit British Ravelry group. We have Lydia, who is from Sweden. Knit Seeker, who is Kate from Lincoln, Nebraska. Hello to Abby Loves Cakes. Abby Loves Cakes. We all love cakes. Abby is from Lancaster. Hello to Maz Knitter. That's Mazzy from Bristol. And I know Mazzy of Twitter. It's lovely to see you in the Knit British group. Nishi Knits is Christine from Stockholm. And we've got Natasha Field from Oxford. And in the hello thread... We've got a few new hellos since the last time. We've got Edith Myers who says, Hello, I'm Edith and I'm new to knitting almost a year. The blog and the podcast, loving all three. Thank you for an abundance of inspiration and new knowledge. I look forward to exploring this group. Cheers from Washington, D.C. Hello to you, Edith. I think I said hello to you as a new kid last week. That's lovely of you to post in the group and lovely of you to say those kind things about Knit British. Uh, We also have Jack Stuff. Hi there, I'm Oom from Edinburgh. Found your blog via the Guardian article. I started listening to your podcast and currently reading Knitting Yarns and you mentioned it in one of your podcasts too. I agree that this book could have included the finished product project photos of the patterns. Nonetheless, the stories are well written. Yes, I really enjoyed that book compiled by Anne Hood but there was a lack project pictures and schematics in the pa- in the patterns there um, Nishi Knits again she says hello it says to say hello so hello uh, I'm not good at participating in forums but I like the podcast and listen as soon as it goes up and love it and when love when there's a glimpse into where everyone listens from so here is a hello from Christine in Stockholm Sweden I have been a happy everyday knitter for almost two years and hope it will stay this way much love Christine aka Nishi Knits well Hello and much love to you, Christine, and thank you for listening in and and listening to the, grabbing the podcast as soon as the episode goes up. That's very nice to hear. So yes, you can say hello in the Knit British Ravelry group. Do add me as a friend if we're not already following one another. I am Lira on Ravelry, L-E-I-R-A. Um, and you can join the Knit British group there. You can start some chat. You can say hello in the hello thread. You can tell us about what you're knitting in British wool always lovely to see you in there and hello to everyone in the Knit British Ravelry group and Merry Christmas to you all. Yeah so my goodness that's nearly it for this episode and I'm away next week for Christmas and I would be due again to bring you an episode around the um, 3rd of January. I may podcast before then but let me just say that I hope your Christmas is are truly fantastic and that if I don't speak to you before the new year that 2015 is extra specially fantastic for you and that no matter what happened in 2014 whether good or bad 2015 is going to come along and knock its socks off and I am so grateful 
to you for listening this year and January will also mark the first birthday of the Knit British podcast. What shall we do? What will we do? I'm not I'm not quite sure. What do you how do you think we should celebrate? From the bottom of my heart, I have really enjoyed this first podcast in the year and I can't wait to see what 2015 brings. I would like to thank each and every one of you for listening and for commenting, for joining the group, for saying hello, for dropping me emails, because as I've said before, podcasters are nothing without their listeners and I am extremely grateful for your listenership, if that's even a word. I hope that Santa is good to you. Have a very merry festive season. I'm going to leave you with a festive tune that isn't knit related and it's Darlene Love with Christmas all over again. Very Merry Christmas my lovely Knit British listeners. Take good care. Thanks for listening to the Knit British podcast. You can find out more at www.knitbritish.net You can email me louise at knitbritish.net and I'm also on Twitter at knit underscore British.
1957 Ray of Thunderbird. And Stevie Wonder under the Christmas tree. The same the New Year in for me. Yeah. I think that'll do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 